Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, half vaccinated in D.C. Today, my returning guest is writer Sarah Wood. We have a lot to talk about, but before I get into it, you know I always try to keep these intros short. I have a new tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. So I will get into that in a second. But the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast. It's supported by listeners and it's woman run. Patrons keep this show going. So thank you to everyone who supports the show. And if you do enjoy today's show, take a look at the about page. Check out some of my past guests. You'll see that I interview all kinds of political people. And occasionally I interview actors because I used to be one. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. I do two free shows on Mondays and Wednesdays. Those are followed up by patrons only shows called What's Up With Me, Kimberly Johnson. And then I do one patrons only show at least per month with a guest. And as I mentioned, I've got that new tier that allows you to listen to, you get everything, you get access to everything I mentioned, and you get to listen to the shows ad free and with a much shorter intro. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email and you can use that with PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, the Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber because it's free, and please, while you're there, give me a rating if you like the show and a review. All right, please enjoy my conversation with Sarah Wood. Welcome back to the show, Sarah. Hello. Thank you for having me back. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually very good. Yeah. I'm half vaccinated, which, which feels good. Yay. <laughs> I got I got Pfizer, which was which right. was which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I have another one in a couple weeks. So. so what were your symptoms on the first? When did you get your first shot, and what were the symptoms? It was a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and I had symptoms like, I basically felt like you feel like right before you get like a flu or a cold, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the night of, like I had a headache right. and dry mouth, and then I f- kind of had that like weird feeling like in your head where yeah. you feel like you're going to get sick. And I had that for like, I don't know, like maybe a day, mm-hmm. but, but then it never went into anything and then it just went away. I, oh. I had a little bit of a headache the night of, but that went away too. That sounds pretty easy. I mean, basically the <laughs> way I went through it was Wednesday, um, you know, I got the shot and it, I went to where my mom lives because I'm going to be staying with her starting on May 3rd because she's going to be healing from hip surgery. So anyway, um, I know that I was going to get the second shot while I was with her. So I figured it'd be better just to do it up there. So anyway, I, I drove up to where she lives, which is about 30 minutes away, drove back home, did some grocery shopping, and then came home, washed my groceries, because I still do that. And then I took I a shower. Sure. And as I was blow drying my hair, I'm like, ooh, I feel tired. <laughs> I mean, I could feel like a difference. And it was like that dizzy tired. And then it was funny, because I mean, all right, I felt tired. And that evening, I thought, oh, I feel fine now. And then like an hour later, I'm like, no, I don't. So I woke up the next day and it's kind of like as you described, it's like pre getting the flu. And I, I did have a fever of like 100.3. It would vacillate between 99.9 and go up and down. And then, um, you know, I mean, I had some body aches. I had dull headaches. I actually never took anything. I didn't start. I didn't take an Advil for quite some time because I didn't really feel like I needed it. And then yesterday I started feeling better, but I noticed that, you know, at night I was just doing some dishes and, st- and I started feeling a little nauseous. And even today I did it, like I woke up and I thought, okay, I feel good and I think I'll be able to work out now. 
And no, because I just, I exerted some energy and I felt like I needed a nap. So what I feel like now is after you have the flu and you're starting to get better and like you feel like, oh, I can go do things. And then you exert energy and you're like, oh, not quite. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind yeah. of where I am. And I mean, I don't know. I know with Moderna, it's different for everyone. Some people, their first shot, they felt nothing. Uh, some And a lot of people say the second shot is worse. But some people who have had my symptoms say their second shot, they had nothing. I'm kind of hoping for that, but I don't know. I'm preparing for the worst. But, you know, it's all good. It's all it's all good. It's just... I like to know, I was so obsessed with knowing everybody's, how they experience symptoms, because it's like, if you have something radically different, you know what I mean? Because one, I think one of the listeners was out for 12 days after the first shot of Moderna. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, um, I think like everybody's different and as long as we're not getting, um, you know, as long as, as long as we're not dying. <laughs> yeah, as long, and and these shots they they're not going to prevent us from getting COVID, exactly. but they're going to prevent us from dying mm-hmm. of COVID. Basically, it's um, yeah. everyone's thinks I, that's what's frustrating me. Are the people yeah. that are like I'm invincible, I'm not going to get COVID now. Right. I'm like, no, you can still get it, and yeah. you can still carry it and pass it on. Mm-hmm. It's like birth control. So. You can you know you can have a pregnancy. I mean, it's it's going to be rare that someone takes birth control pills and gets pregnant, but it can happen. In fact. I wrote that in my book, in the, in Peyton's Choice, because it happens. And sometimes mm-hmm. it happens because you're supposed to take that pill every day at the same time. And if you don't, if you, you know, take it eight hours later or something like that, you could be, there's a little opening. So, um, yeah, absolutely, people. In fact, I think I've said this on the show, a friend of my mom's knows a doctor who was vaccinated early on and has COVID now, but... He's not dying and he's not even has to, he doesn't have to go to the hospital. He just is fighting through the symptoms. Yep, exactly. So. And imagine if he hadn't have been exactly vaccinated, what that would have been mm-hmm. like. I think my, my father-in-law had some pretty bad symptoms, um, like, like not symptoms, but um, side effects. Side effects, right. To, yeah. to, on, after his second shot. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, and when I say pretty bad, I'm like fever, you mm-hmm. know, like he felt like a sick for like a 24-hour bug basically. Right. And I just think, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's older. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what would have happened if mm-hmm. he hadn't have been vaccinated and he got COVID? Yeah. So I think I think it's almost telling of what would happen to us yes. if we got it. Yeah, so. I think so, probably, which means I would be in bad shape. <laughs> right? I don't know. Like, I, I think I about know. that, yeah. yeah. I don't know, like, I'm a little bit fearful, not fearful of the second one, but I'm just, like, a yeah. little apprehensive, like, I'm, of course, going to do it, right. and I'm just, like, gonna, I'm gonna be so happy to be vaccinated, but I'm just, like, oh, like, my parents both have a minor symptoms, mm-hmm. and then, like, my brother had Moderna, and he was like, be happy you're getting Pfizer. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I've heard but, that. Moderna is supposedly a little worse as far as uh, side effects. Yeah, yeah. So. That's, what, that's what he said. But, you know, initially I wanted it because Fauci got it. And I thought, I don't care. I'm getting it. And, and, and it's funny because it worked out that way. And I had, I, you know, I, Jody Hamilton was on the show last week, and she was saying she wanted Pfizer. So she convinced me to be team Pfizer. Not that you get to choose, but that was like my, that became my preference. Moderna initially was my preference. So then I, and, and I wanted to get, I wanted it originally so that I would get my shot this Thursday just because I'm staying with my mom and I didn't know if I'd be getting Pfizer. And like three weeks later is right around the time she's going to be getting her operation. And the last thing I wanted was to feel like shit while I'm taking care of her. At this point now, her operation is on May 3rd and my shot, my second shot's going to be on May 12th. So I think I'm, you know, by that time she'll be 
feeling much better. Uh, even if she's, yeah. you know, the first hip operation, by that time she was feeling better. Supposedly the second one's worse. But even so, by that time, if I do get kind of run down and sick, it's, you know, it's, I'll be able to handle it. And I, I mean, I'm always going to go back to the time that I had the, fe- uh, the fear, the flu, and <laughs> it was so bad. And I, there were several times that I went to the doctor on my own or I went to the grocery store. And I know I shouldn't go to the grocery store when you have the flu, but I lived alone and I needed food. I did have a friend, though, when I was in the thick of it, who would go grocery shopping for me. And that was really nice of her to do. But boy, I'll just never. And, I, and it, this is what I feel like right now. I remember when I had that flu and it was two weeks just down. I'll never forget because I took NyQuil 20 nights in a row. And when I get a cold, I, I like a bad cold, I can take one, like a half serving of NyQuil and maybe do that for three nights. And then I can't take NyQuil anymore because it makes me feel worse than whatever I've got. So to, I was really sick if I took the full dose for 20 nights in a row. It was like, oh, my God, I was so sick. But then I had to return to work, and I, I was okay, but I wasn't 100%. And this, that's what it reminds me of today. It's like I was a little weak. I was just not up to full speed. But I just feel like, you know, like you were saying, it's not protecting us 100%, but it's going to be such a fucking relief to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, people are starting to post pictures now. They're going to brunch. They're going to dinner. They're doing normal things. And it's like, I just want to do normal things, <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's just yeah. for so long we've been, you know, and I know you and I are fairly similar in that we have basically been protecting ourselves and staying out because we're fortunate enough to work from home and we both feel kind of the same way about it. Like, okay, well, if I don't need to go, I'm not going to go. And, you know, a lot of other people don't have that, you know, luxury. They either have to go to work or they have things they have to deal with. Even if they're being really safe, they're still having to go out in the world. And so it's weird when you're one of these people who literally feels almost like sequestered for more than a year. The idea of going back to regular life is it's exciting and it's a little it's a little bit of anxiety too. Oh, absolutely. I was talking to my wife about this because she, she has to go into her office Mm -hmm. and, um, so she's been around people fully masked and distanced and all that, but she's getting that social experience. Whereas I've just been completely isolated. I mean, I'm going to see my parents in a couple of weeks and that's going to be exciting, Yeah. but, um, and they're all vaxxed and we'll be vaxxed. And, but it's just like, I have such apprehensive, like we Mm -hmm. went, we went out, there was like an outdoor restaurant and we sat like at the farthest table and we were outside and we weren't near anybody. And I still had major anxiety mm-hmm. <laughs> about being, and I was like, what am I doing? This is so stupid. What am I, uh, who I think I am. And like, meanwhile, there's like people inside, like crowded at yes. like tables. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. I was just like, I, I, I think for me, it's going to be like stepping back into the world. is yeah. going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's just, it's like, it's going to be little bits at a time. You know, I am, I have to say though, I need to go fucking clothes shopping. Everybody's talking about a haircut. I absolutely need a haircut, but I need some clothes every mm-hmm. night, and especially my at-home attire, as I like to call it, my lounging outfits. I, I'm starting to get to the point where, I mean, I've been wearing basically the same uniform for a year, and yes. I, I need new <laughs> ones, even if it's the same, because I just wear stretchy pants and a tank top, but it's like, <laughs> I need new ones now. 
<laughs> yeah, we sort of basically have the same uniform. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I what I, I bought jeans online, which I mm-hmm. don't recommend. <laughs> I was like, this will be fine. No, this will be and fine. I, I, well, the first pair was actually okay, yeah. but then, so I bought the same brand, the same size of like a different color, and they were so big. I was like, I was like, well, okay. Yeah, that's the so one like, thing about online clothes shopping. It's tough. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty funny. So I wear those <laughs> jeans basically to like garden. And right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes the, uh, sometimes I like the bigger, like for instance, I bought a robe online just before, probably last August. And I bought an extra large because you never know. And, and I'm six feet tall. So this robe is so fucking big, but it's the softest <laughs> robe. I love it. It's, it's, it's like. It's a comfort robe, you know, like it's it's so soft and it feels so good. And I know that it's ridiculously huge. It's like I'm wearing a tent, but I love it so much because it, it just makes me feel safe and protected. <laughs> you know, I love it. But in the summertime, it's not I, it's going to be way too hot. I, I'm like a robe person, too. I love my robes. And um, I, I bought a couple of them online and pretty much one of them was those like black silk looking kimono but it wasn't a silk Ooh, I, nice. no it's not it's a piece of shit <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I, I wanted it to be nice you know I have one that's it's not silk but it's maybe it's a polyester one but it's the kind of polyester that's soft and pretty and this is just like the really cheap crap it looks it looks like it was made of paper it's so ugly and it's like all right no more buying clothes online because I just yeah, it's, it's it's not worth it. <laughs> it's got to get like to I, w- I got my so I got my wife a um, a t shirt for her birthday. It's like a feminist t shirt, and it was like super cute. And I was like, oh, she's gonna love this. And I get it. And it's like one of those like halter kind of shirts oh, yeah. where it comes down. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, she can pull it off. Mm-hmm. Like she has the body for it. I I could not. <laughs> um, so I was like, and I was like, yeah, I meant to do this. I, I thought you'd look really cute in it, and she does. But yeah. I was like, oops. <laughs> Oh, well. Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's just switch subjects now to something a little bit more serious, because right now everybody's talking about it, the closing arguments of the the Derek Chauvin trial. And um, I, you know, it's really sad to me that people are afraid he's going to get off. And I'm afraid he's going to get off. Um, I, I think there's a strong chance that he won't. Because members of the police department did testify that basically he murdered him. Maybe they didn't say it in those words, but that's what they were saying with their testimonies. Um, and the blue wall of silence was broken. What do you What do you feel like is going to happen with this? My well, my hope is that he's found guilty, right. obviously, because right. it was on. We all watched it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, my fear is that it's going to be like another Trayvon Martin type of thing, where it's a hung jury. Yeah. And it's going to be like some, you know, some wow. rando white what? people. Sorry, that was like, I live on a busy street. And That's people, okay. It's like, they're loud. Oh, you have no idea. They, they, I, it's a, I live on a, like a straightaway, so uh-huh. they just like speed yeah. down it. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Um, <laughs> you should wait till nighttime when they're like, you have the backfire and you're like, what's oh, going on? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um. No, what well, my fear is that it's going to be a hung jury. Yeah, that's, that that's that scary. that you're going to have a few like white like like white randos that mm-hmm. are like, oh well, mm-hmm. you know, and and because you always have those. Yeah, and then 
unfortunately, I mean, I was on, I was the four person on the case and I, back in LA and there was, I probably shouldn't talk about it, but, (laughs) but there was like the one old white guy that was like, well, maybe you did it. And I'm like, no, no, he didn't. Yeah. Well, that'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I'm, I can't really make a prediction because I don't know. I don't know. You would think um, sometimes, you know, the, the oh God, the, the last innocent verdict that or not guilty verdict that came. I don't even remember. They, they just all bleed together. And it was surprising to me. I mean, look at what's his name? Who um, like Trayvon Martin? Um, that yeah. guy. And, and I don't know if you just that was my, yeah, I, that I'm was. still experiencing a little tiny bit of brain fog. So excuse me for not remembering exact. But it, this is how it is. I think, though, there are so many people. There are so many black people who have been shot by police that it's difficult to keep them all straight. You know what I mean? It's like, um, which oh, yeah. there was this guy and that guy and that woman and this child. And it's like, oh, my God, there's just so many of them. And as of late in the last several days, there's been. Like shooting after shooting, I think somebody did a tweet like the murder of George Floyd, the trial of Derek Chauvin was interrupted by, you know, police shooting a black child that was interrupted by police shooting this black person interrupted. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my fucking God, it's just happening and happening and happening. And I I don't understand the brazen. I guess the reason they're brazen is because they get off. But then we we just saw last week and I don't remember his name. But it was that white man in that neighborhood that went up to that young black guy who was just taking a walk, evidently in his own neighborhood. And this guy, military dude, was harassing him and threatening him and assaulted him twice. And that was met with very swift justice. He was yeah. arrested with for assault. And the, I guess, chief of police came on and was like, we do not tolerate this. This is not who we are. Thank you for the person who took the video and encouraged people to be, you know keeping an eye out and so this is the way it needs to be handled because when it's handled this way these fucking white supremacist bullies don't feel comfortable being racist in public that's just it when when the camera's on them when they are shown as who they are yeah then they're forced to see it and they're forced to face the consequences because before like they just do all these things and nobody sees it mm-hmm. and, and, and they get away with it. And so that empowers them to do it more and more yeah. and feel like, yes, this is the way that I, I, they just feel like they're allowed to do it. Yeah. And it's, dis- and it's disgusting. And that, that's what we have. We have to keep shining a light on it. We have mm-hmm. to keep, if, if you see it, record it. Yeah. Well, Show I the mean, world. yeah. And the thing is, is what, if we, if something happens in this case where we could see Derek Chauvin murdering, George, George Floyd, and and nothing happens. Or it's like Eric Garner, Eric like he Garner, was murdered, and he was yeah the same in the street. He was murdered in the street. We and all watched yeah. it happen, and the guy got off. The guy got off, mm-hmm. and that's what's worrying ridiculous. me because I feel like that's what empowers them because they feel like it doesn't matter. You know, when I last year or the year before last, when I was I was driving home from somewhere and I saw a black man being held down on a median strip. Well, I mean, it was like, it was on your way into a strip mall. And then, so there was this like grassy area in between the two, you know, the lanes to turn left and right. So they were on the grassy area and this, the, the black man that they were holding down was quite large. I mean, he was tall and, um, the three white policemen were not so big. And I pulled over 
there was a huge crowd there with everybody with phones, and I pulled over, and I was concerned because the the guy was resisting. And, I mean, he there was, like I said, there was this huge crowd. And so the, the man being held down was kind of resisting, and there was a black woman that I wound up standing next to, and she had a couple of kids with her, and both her and I were asking that the black man to please just you know, don't resist because they weren't beating on him. They weren't, but we didn't know what they were going to do. And I was so scared. I mean, everyone had their phones out and I was so afraid of what I might witness. And fortunately, nothing bad happened. He, you know, the, the guy appeared to be intoxicated. And, and I say that because he eventually got up and they were going to walk him over to the shade. And he was kind of stumbling and everything. And, and I think what was going on was supposedly he stole something. That's what I heard. I saw nothing. I just saw everything after the fact. But I felt that the fact that there were all these people there policing the police, I don't know what would have happened. Honestly, I don't. I know the county that I live in has a good reputation because they've learned how to de-escalate and not you know, not let things get to that out of control violence. And they do have a very good record for, for what they do as far as keeping everybody safe and not hurting people. So uh, I found that out after the fact. But, you know, and the police were pretty cool about the fact that we were all there. And in the end, they took the guy away in a, in a van. And I waited until the police van showed up. And when they put him in, they weren't doing what Trump wanted, you know, like to rough him up. They, they did everything professionally, but I always kind of thought, I wonder what would have happened if no one was there to film it. How would they have yep. treated that guy? Because even if that guy was guilty, even if he was guilty of stealing fr something from fucking Kmart, so what? He doesn't deserve to be treated like an animal. He doesn't deserve to be treated like, um, well, n animals don't deserve to be treated like that, but you know what I mean? Like he doesn't deserve no, to be No, no, I up. know what you're saying. We think about like this, the mass shooters like Charleston and all, mm -hmm. like, and all these shooters everywhere, Dylan Rooflet, they get taken away in handcuffs mm -hmm. and they get put into a prison cell. And then you think about these, like even if they are, okay, say they're innocent, what's well, one thing, and they mm -hmm. say there are minor crimes. No crime is deserving of execution on the no. spot. No, no. That's not Absolutely a justice system. Absolutely not. <laughs> not. We're not doing trial by execution. Like that's not that's not a justice system. Yeah. Like you can't say like oh, and then then you say like oh, well they shouldn't be resisting. Well, when they're when yeah. we see these men just shot in the street all the time mm -hmm. for no good reason, mm -hmm. of, of course, course they're going to be a little apprehensive for yeah. any any communication with the police i'm like my brain is, i'm so like no i know about it that my brain isn't even coming up with the right word no i know what you mean <laughs> and it's like bob had said that um the oh god i see again i can't remember his name it's it's the one the the young man who was shot by the female officer dante right dante okay so yeah you know bob had said why couldn't they just let him run away well he, they had his car they had his uh, his plates. They could have gone to his house and, yeah. and you know, arrested him there. Issue, issued a warrant. Or yeah, a warrant or whatever they were going to do. Yeah, they did not. I mean, the, it's done. like the, the automatic response is to fucking kill these people. And yeah. it's like, oh, my God. And it's just when you see this day after day after day and it's happening all the time. I mean, we the the way I look at this is. We are, and this is the same with mass shootings. We're never going to get anywhere unless we have a, a, a very strong 
Democratic Party in Congress. And it's not to say that the Democrats are perfect. I think they've really learned a lot in the last 12 years with Obama and Trump, the way that the that the Republican Party has behaved. I, I think that it's going to be an uphill battle until we have full-blown, without people like fucking Kristen Sinema. Uh, yeah, Kristen Sinema, is that her name? Oh, Kristen yeah. Sinema and Joe, Joe Manchin mucking things up. We need more Democrats and we need a we just need a stronger majority and I think that we'll be able to see some action but until then it's just going to keep do we're just going to keep seeing the same shit repeating over yeah over and over and it's just our society in general is just so racist it is. and it and people will be like oh well that's such a blanket statement to make and I'm like well it is but it like is. you go into Every and everywhere. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're in a red state or a blue state mm-hmm. or liberal areas or more red areas. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Our our society as in general is racist. Mm-hmm. And it's so internalized mm-hmm. in our society that so many just don't see it. Yeah. Like like just an example of this, I, 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 the other day, my wife and I went out to get, she, she's getting a, a new like spinning bike. So mm-hmm. she wanted to get spinning shoes and I was going to get them for her birthday. We go to the store and she, she's a woman of color and she walks over to the area with the spinning shoes. No one's helping her. No one's helping her. Mm-hmm. Then this like wealthy looking white lady walks <laughs> over. They instantly go mm-hmm. and help her. Mm-hmm. And then after they help her, like I... I, as another white lady, mm-hmm. go over and snag the, the helper. And I was like, can you, can you please help us with like customer service? Can you please go mm-hmm. ahead? Can you help her now? And they're like, oh yeah, sure. What do you, what do you need? So then they're like, okay, well, okay. And then they go and get it and they bring it back to me. <laughs> oh my God. Not her. And we got to the point where we're like, we don't even want to buy it here. We don't even yeah. want to shop here. And we left and we're wow. just like, what what just happened yeah and we and we live in in a pretty liberal area Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's like this it's ingrained internalized bias that people don't even realize what they're doing yeah it's like of course the the white lady wants this you know like it was it was insane yeah i mean i said this i i did a show that i recorded for three weeks from now which actually i think it will be airing three weeks from today, but I, I noted, so this, I'm going to repeat this, but it's funny, it's, I'm repeating from the future, um, that when I, I noticed that if I, I used to work in malls all the time, and so when I was dressed up, I was always approached, always, because, you know, I looked good, I had my hair and makeup done, I wore nice clothes, but when I went to the mall um, as a white woman with no makeup and just kind of looked like crap, didn't make an effort, I was completely ignored. And we were, we were talking about this in the way, and I don't mind saying this more than once because I think it's an interesting observation and it says a lot. It's like a black person goes in or a person of color goes in, they're followed. It's not like yeah. they're, oh, can we help you? Let's bend over backwards to help you. It's they're followed. And yeah. I'm ignored. I'm just yeah. completely ignored. And when I was younger, I noticed it. And I mean, and so what I did was I just preferred shopping that way because I don't want people bothering me when I'm shopping. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah. but it's like, you know, but I just noticed how, how interesting it was. It was like, I was kind of invisible as a woman with no makeup and that, you know, who didn't make that effort to look as pretty as I could be. And then, you know, and then a black person, no matter what they look like, 
there. You know, even Kirk Acevedo was on my show talking about, I think they were in France and they were, they were somewhere in Europe or he was somewhere in Europe and he wanted to buy a coach bag. And so he, I guess he was outside of coach. You had, you had to be let in. They kept the door locked and they let a white woman in and they wouldn't let Kirk Acevedo in. (laughs) And it's like, wow, that's just fucking awful. no, it happens. And I've seen, I've seen my wife followed in stores. I've mm-hmm. seen, I've seen it happen, especially if say, okay, so if she dresses up and looks really beautiful and her hair is all, she straightens her hair and she's more, say, let's say white passing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. She gets, like, she, nothing happens to her or mm-hmm. she gets all the help that she wants. But say like she wears her hoodie mm-hmm. and she wears her hair natural and she, then she does get followed or she and say, and when we were in, a funny story, when we were in Australia, we, we, that I love my Australians, but that <laughs> they are a little bit naive when it comes to, um, certain things. And yeah. like, she kept getting asked everywhere. What are you? What are you? Wow. What are you? And, and <laughs> Human. It's, like, it's, 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 I know it was like, what, what kind of question is that? And yeah. then like, she, they were like, what do you do for work? And she's like, oh, I, you know, she, I forgot what she said. I'm like, oh, is that clerical? Like assuming yeah. that she was like on the low end of it. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. she's the director. Right. So <laughs> she's like, excuse you. <laughs> oh, wow. It was just, it was just really, it was an experience. Yeah. We like to think <laughs> that we're so evolved and we're not. And I mean, I think. I think it was better before, but it was only better in the sense that things were hidden and we weren't aware of it. I mean, I do think that obviously there was white people just didn't see the racism in the same way because social media has shown us a lot more than we were ever aware of. But Donald Trump and I think really with the Tea Party and with Barack Obama's presidency, we saw a lot of these racists feel more comfortable coming out. And then, you know, we definitely saw, I mean, I remember I did a story. I was writing an article or a blog or whatever about this man. I don't know where he was deep red state. And he had, he had put out a watermelon in a, in a jacket, you know, hanging by a noose uh, to represent Obama. And I remember writing this blog post and I, it was so horrific and awful, but I, I, I went after him in such a mocking, like I mocked the fuck out of whoever did this. And, but it was like, it was so blatant and it was everywhere and you saw it everywhere. You saw him with all of the Muslim garb, you know, the, the, the GOP memes with the Muslim garb and you saw him in so many like depictions, although my very, very favorite one was, was one mocking them that said, um, Barack Obama. Oh, I know it was like somebody had on their car. It said, Oh, it was written on their car. Obama is the ant Christ. Cause they, they didn't write. And then, so somebody actually put Obama's head with a crown on top of an ant. And I like, I laugh so fucking hard at that meme. <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> but I mean, he, he went through so much shit and the racists felt emboldened, but then came along the right, the white supremacist. And now it's just so fucking bad. And we need, I mean, I don't, we're never going to get rid of racism. We're never going to get rid of bigotry or sexism, but people need to feel uncomfortable being public about it. At least there was some of that at some point before that's completely blown out of the water. 
And, you know, I mean, I, I, as much as I'd love to get rid of sexism, I don't think we're going to. And racism is just going to be here. But to me, this is just a what's happening now is just a continuation of the Civil War. You know, I, th- yeah, I mean, we have. A, yeah, we have a bunch of empowered, angry white people who are just who feel completely empowered from Trump. Yeah. And they just and they're carrying it on. They just feel like they can get away with anything because, quite frankly, they can. They can yeah. And. And they just keep doing it, and, they, and they're they're not even doing anything. Like, and if they get elected, they're not doing anything in yeah. power. They're just being loud, and they're being right. popular. It's like it's like a celebrity for them. Yeah. They just and any PR is good PR, and that's what Trump always said. And it, it's 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 so blatant and obvious. And like I watched, I don't know, I've probably mentioned this before, where I watched a Jack documentary about the Ku Klux Klan and how they kind of went underground, mm-hmm. but then they were going to start infiltrating into our political system and rise yeah. through the ranks. Well, it happened. Yes. Clearly. They have been, yeah. And, and that's what we're seeing. And we're seeing it in, on, on multiple levels. We're seeing like pseudo philosophers like mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson pretending that he's this and he's so transphobic and he's, mm-hmm. and he's clearly anti-woman and pretty racist. And, and we're seeing it, all these men just... And they're like sinking into the mind. They're basically reaffirming these ideas in mm-hmm. people's minds that this is an okay way to think. Yeah. And it's not. It's <laughs> never been. No. And it just it, it drives me crazy because people are like, oh, this racism is it's it's worse than ever. I'm like, no, it's always been there. Yeah. We're just now seeing it. Yeah. I mean, I think you know there were times. And maybe it was just a small little window where people didn't feel comfortable saying those racist things. I mean, I've mentioned on the show before this girl that I used to be friends with. Oh, my God, she's so fucking stupid. And I know she doesn't consider herself to be a racist person, but her concern and she was voicing this to me was that, well, I just don't. And I I don't remember the language she used, but it was something along the lines of I don't want them, you know, meaning other to, you know, to replace the white people. In government, and the reason it came up was because I said, you know, she was talking about how she voted for uh, Joe Biden, even though she didn't think he was perfect. It's like, oh wow, you're alone on that because everyone else in the whole world thinks he's perfect. But whatever, um, <laughs> you know, it's like fucking a. And 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 so she said, and I said, yeah, and I said you have to keep in mind that he's also got a very diverse cabinet. Well, the thing is, is as long as, you know, they're not all replaced. And and what she was trying to say was that the white people weren't going to be replaced with these diverse people. And I I said to her, I march around with tiki torches in her spare time. I know. I said, what the heck? I said, you sound like a white supremacist. I'm not. I'm like, but you sound like one. That's the thing. That's the thing that a white supremacist says. I am not a white supremacist. I'm like, well, then you should know you sound like one. But yeah, it's good that it's good that you it's good that you told her. Yeah. And I mean, she I know she was really offended. And I know that I'm you know, it, it's funny because she's the one who I defriended on Facebook because she was posting bullshit about covid last year. And she's not a right winger. She's just like an, an apolitical idiot and doesn't <laughs> stay informed. And she's I yeah. think she I think her husband. Yeah. I think her husband is probably a Fox News person. I know for sure her friends are because I looked around her friends and yeah, they're posting a bunch of shit from Fox and they're racist pieces. They all live in fucking Florida. I knew her when she lived in California back when we were like, I was in my early 20s is when we had our closest, the closest part of our friendship and hung out more. But, you know, I mean, even then I just, I couldn't believe she married this guy after he... 
I think he got $4,000 out of her and gambled it away. And then she said yes when he asked her to marry him. And I, I was so, like, I, I couldn't fucking believe it. And I told her that I couldn't be her friend anymore because I had no respect for her. And then I thought about it, and I felt really bad for what I said. And, I, and, I, and I, so I called her up, and I was like, look, what I said was out of line. This is your life and your choice. If you want to marry this guy, you know, sure, I'm allowed to have my opinions, but I think what I said was very harsh, and I apologize. So she, won, she winds up marrying you Now, she's still married to him, but she told me that when her son was born, that she was going to raise her son to respect women, who has, when he, he's not, I think he's, like, probably early 20s now. When he was a teenager, he spit in her face. And that's because oh, she, that's because her husband treats her like shit. I don't think he physically abuses her, but I know that like there was a long period of time where they didn't even like he wouldn't even talk to her. And, um, you know, she just puts up with it. I think he's abusive in different ways. I don't think he's physically abusive, but he's abusive in different ways. And the son saw it. And, you know, and it's like so I always think about that, that I told her I didn't have any respect for her. And. Now I just feel like, you know what? I was fucking right. She, she's, she was posting misinformation and disinformation about COVID early on. And when I was talking to her about, like, look, you need to listen to Fauci and the scientists. No, I just don't necessarily trust those people. Oh, you trust LifeSite News more? Which is like that fucking anti-abortion bullshit site. That's who she was yeah. posting. And it's like, oh, my God, she's so fucking stupid. <laughs> well, what happens is these people, they, they have their, their own personal internalized beliefs. Like they'll be like, I don't trust, you know, I don't trust the information about COVID. I don't trust the vaccine. And then they'll go and find information on the internet right, that, matches, that supports yeah. that opinion. Exactly. And then they'll be like, see, mm-hmm. I was right. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't trust like these organizations or you shouldn't like, and I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> like you, you, you have to like, you have to trust science. Like it's, yeah. it's science. Yes. Like. I don't, like no one's like try. There's like, there's no like deep state trying to like implant like five G <laughs> microchips and control your every actions or trying to like sterilize yeah. us. It's not happening. No, we're trying to make it so you don't die from COVID. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's all it is. And I mean, the take whole, it or leave it. Yeah. please take it. Th- take it. And I mean, look, I'm. All, I, mean, I was talking about this, uh, the show that's going to air on May 10th, and. It's just the idea of living in a world now where we have to probably get vaccinations maybe for the rest of our life against COVID. And, okay, the next fucking pandemic that comes along, because there's going to be another one. Hopefully it won't happen out, you know, it won't play out like COVID did because we'll have more better leadership, basically. Um, But still, we might have, you know, all these new vaccinations. I don't love it. I don't love it. But this is the world we're in. And, and, you know, and it kind of feels weird. It's just like everything feels weird to me right now. And I don't want to, I do not want to come off as an alarmist. It's just that we have been in, you know, it's like PTSD from Trump. It's PTSD from COVID because it's not even PTSD. We're still in it. But it's just like, okay, now we're going out into this world. We've been vaccinated. Some of us, most of us have been vaccinated. There's a bunch of us that don't want to be vaccinated and they're stupid and they're not wearing masks. So they're going to keep prolonging the fucking virus. But we're going to go out into the world and we're going to go into restaurants. And, you know, we're going to start trying to live like we used to. But it's different and it will always be different because of what's happened. 
You know, it's like when you're in an abusive relationship and you've gotten beat up and beat up and beat up and beat it up, you know, now you're finally free and you're on your own, but you carry with you that experience and it's always going to be there. And then what's left over is ongoing vaccinations. You know, it's like, I, I don't love getting the flu shot. I get it every fucking year. And especially now, because I have, you know, older parents that I see often, even if they get vaccinated, I'm still doing it just to be on the safe side. I didn't always get a flu vaccine every year. I would, I just, it just depended on my mood, really. <laughs> and and I was yeah. more, uh, I, I got them more after I actually got the flu because it was like, yep. okay, well that sucks really bad. And I know you exactly can fucking die. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you can die from the flu. So uh, it was, you know, I do get my flu vaccines now. Plus, and I also have a niece who's a little girl. So it's like, you know, I don't want to get her sick. So I, I do get them. But it's like the shingles vaccine and the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine and all these vaccines. And it's like living in this new world of post-Trump PTSD. It's just odd, yeah. you know, and it's going to take me a while to get used to it. Yeah, and we were living, like with Trump, like you didn't trust a word he said. Right. So you didn't necessarily trust the news that was coming into yeah. your house. Right. Because you weren't sure what information you were coming. I always trusted Fauci because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like Fauci's been around for so yeah, long. Yeah, me too. So, and he, you know, he has no reason to lie. Right. So I, that's where I felt a little bit more comfortable was when I listened to him speak. Yeah. But we, I think we do have PTSD from living in the Trump era because we didn't trust it created this and I think that was the point mm-hmm. I think that they yes. he, they wanted us not to trust what we were hearing and seeing and and it's and it's working for the most part it, yeah. for a lot of folks if for folks I personally didn't see it ha- like I didn't see it coming I have people in my own life where I was just, I'm a little dumbfounded by it so yeah. it's and it's and it's upsetting yeah so it's like I don't know I, yeah it's just it's I mean we'll all get used to it I you know I, I don't I'm not like concerned. It's just that there's, it's weird. It's like a different age now. You know, we stepped, talk about quantum jumping. You know, it's like, it's like coming off of Obama and where we were. I mean, granted the Republicans were fucking lunatics. They're worse now, but they were fucking lunatics back then. But what life felt like as an American compared to now, it's, it's just a different version of America. It's the same, yeah. but it's different. I mean, this th- again, it's like having that experience of being abused for all these years. And now, okay, you're, you're free of the abuse, but you've got the memory and it's imprinted and it's in your subconscious and it's, it's so deep within you that you carry it. And, and then not only that, I mean, then you feel like, then we have to be concerned about them, you know, getting more power later with cheating. And I really can't, I mean, we have, there's a lot of people who will say, I feel really good because the Republicans are so blatant that, you know, there's no way they're going to hold power. But if we, and, and, and I, I think that it's, I think we can say, if you look at history, like if you look at history, if you've got, a, like right, right now, the Democrats control everything for the most part, but um, even though we've got some glitches with Kristen Cinema and Manchin and, and we, and we have just like the, the very slender, whatever uh, words are escaping me too, but you know what I'm talking, slim margin and uh, yeah. a, 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 of, of dominance. And obviously we need more, but I don't know. I just, I think the, the bigger picture is history shows us that when you have the majority, the next election, 
it's like so they're saying basically the next election the republicans will win in the primary because we the democrats ha- have control now even though it's a very slim margin i hope that that's an ex- like i hope that we're an exception this time around and not the rule because the rule is the republicans should win 2022 and and i don't you know that yeah. kind of freaks me out they're setting they're definitely in different states they're definitely setting up republicans to win in the senate and mm-hmm. that, I mean, that concerns me. They're yeah. prob- and they're probably going to win back the Senate, and that's upsetting. Um, I think that's why we're trying to get so much done right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could. I think we could hold on to the House. That's mm-hmm. a different. And I would love to pick up some seats there. Mm-hmm. It's like Republicans are so blatant, but and I think it's a false sense of security to think that because Republicans are so out there and so like, I don't want to say crazy. I don't like using that word, but like just so out there and just obnoxious and terrible that, um, that we're, Oh, they're so awful that of course we're going to win, but that's not true. Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. Look at Laura and Bogart. Look at Trump. Look at Trump. (laughs) Look at Trump. Look at Kevin McCarthy. Look at Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. Look at Lindsey Graham. Mm -hmm. People clearly like them. And Mm -hmm. and we have to start looking at why, why are the, why and how are these people getting elected? Yeah. What is the messaging that they're using? That, and where can we mimic that to try to be like, hold on a second, let's pivot here. Let's actually see what's going on. Because I, I truly believe that there's some sort of messaging being lost. Because the popular opinion is not with Republicans nationwide. It's it's not. And if we had a popular vote for president every time, Republicans would never win. They would never win no. the White House ever again. <sighs> and I think they know that. So they count on the Senate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because every single state... You know, you have California with its millions of people that has two senators. And mm-hmm. then you have North Dakota, two senators. Mm-hmm. That's, so when they talk about like, oh, we don't have equal re- representation in, in Washington. I'm like, no, you have more representation. Yeah. Because you have like, so you have one representative from one state that has like, I don't know, a couple thousand people in its district. And then you have another in, that has like 600,000 people in their district. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's not, it's not equal representation. Republicans clearly have, no, they have more it. skin in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is, I mean, I, I can't like assume at this point that they're going to win back the Senate because my mind will not allow me to, <laughs> I cannot accept that at this point. I, I, I seriously hope that, you know, one, I, I know that there was like a billboard, basically the size of a building in New York city thanking Joe Biden and the Democrats for, I think it was for the relief package. Um, You know, we did see people like Claude Taylor, the Mad Dog Pack, doing the billboard shaming, which they're doing right now. Like, there's one, uh, I think it's in Florida. Yeah, it's in Florida where Matt Gaetz is, and it says it's got a big picture of his face, and it says something like, Matt Gaetz wants to date your daughter or something like that. And, uh, you know, so I, I think those were pretty effective. And... The Democratic Party, I believe, is starting to see now they have to fight harder. And not only with their messaging that they have to fight harder and push, you know, uh, their accomplishments and tell everybody, hey, we got you this relief. We're the ones who did this. No Republicans voted for it. I think it's also understanding the success of the grassroots organizers and Stacey Abrams and all these people who really made it happen. Um, I think we do have a fighting shot for 2022 because there's still time, you know, it's exactly, you know, I know that the Republicans and if we can get HR one 
past, which I'm not sure, yes. but if we can do that, it yes. will really help. And that will. I mean, I, don't, I think maybe we could keep the Senate. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to be an early foregone conclusion that we're going to lose the Senate because I know I hate being the pessimist. about that. No, I know. But, but it's it, more being a realist. It's like looking at how they're affecting the right, I'm looking at exactly. I'm looking at Georgia. Yeah. And I'm looking at that election. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel that we could lose that seat. Right. That's, well, and it's not even being yeah. you're being a realist who's saying, hey, this is how we're, we'll lose it. If we're not smart yeah. and we don't do what we need to do. And it's like every yeah. single night I watch, you know, after dinner, I'm watching the news and I can't help but wonder. I mean, I've usually already seen everything that's happened. So it's just basically a repeat. And now I'm getting whoever the anchor is, whether, you know, because of course I watch MSNBC, whether it's Joy Reid or Chris Hayes or Rachel Maddow, which by that time I've usually turned out and I love Rachel Maddow, but it's like, oh my God, I can't fucking watch. You know, they, they all play the same clips, especially when it's a fucking shooting day. And, you know, you see um, the, the child getting shot or, you know, whatever it is, you're just seeing it over and over and over and over. And, and so I've already formed my opinion about it. And I know that if Rachel Maddow is going to say something important, it will be everywhere. But I, I can't keep watching all of it. But every time I sit there at night after, you know, my day is done and I'm kind of reflecting and I'm thinking about what's possible, I just can never get over the fact that we right now we have the ability to keep this country a democracy a democratic republic. We have the ability to do that. It's not a foregone conclusion that it's going mm -hmm. to be Republicans who steal everything away from us. But are you know it's like are we doing enough? I do feel good about the democratic strategy right now for the most part. But like I feel like as human beings forget what they're doing in Congress, just an acceptance of what's happening. How are we accepting so much of there are there are cities and states in this country that still don't have fucking clean water after years. How exactly. is that happening? And that how has it happened that we can just be like, la, 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 you know? It, yeah, it's disgusting that people can just go on with their lives. And I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, you have to go on with your life to a you, point. But it's like, I'm guilty of it. Like I, like, I don't think about dirty water in another town every neither. single day. And, and maybe I should. Maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, but like it, it, it's the idea, though, that as a country, I mean, I know we're huge. And what's going on in Flint is what's not it's not the same as what's going on, say, in Baltimore or something like that. Each yeah. city is going to have its own issues. But as a people, I just feel like what we accept and what we allow, like, for instance, when I was talking to Rob Anderson um, just yesterday for the show later, he was like, Louisiana is a state. It's, it's not a red or purple state. It's a non-voting state. Fifty percent of the people who live there do not vote. So that's the problem. Mm -hmm. See, and that's where like, we want to switch Republican voters. And I'm like, I'm not even because. You know, it's they're gone. I hate to say it, but like you're not going to change a lot of minds right. with the people that are left in the Republican Party. Yeah, you know, if they haven't already come to our side, they're probably not going to. So we need to get new voters. There's plenty of people out there that we just need to register to vote and get them to vote. Yeah. And that's what Republicans are trying to stop. They're trying to stop people from registering. They're trying to stop yes. people from voting because they know if more people vote, they're going to lose. And I I know that and also misinformation is a huge is a huge mm -hmm, problem right mm -hmm, now, mm -hmm. especially like what I've been focused on a lot at Vote Vets um, is the fact that misinformation being delivered to those in our military and veteran communities. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, yes. it's very, it's very upsetting. So like we're, we're tackling 
we're, we're starting a program to tackle that, which is great. And it's just like, those are the ways we need to get in there and just start changing the conversation and getting accurate information yeah. out there. Oh my God. It's just, it's just a lot. You know, I mean, I feel, I don't know. I think I, I, I feel like a lot of people were, I mean, we've got the PTSD from Trump, but it's like, there's so much, I can't even imagine what it must be, be like to be Joe Biden. And he wanted this job. I, I think that he's doing a good job and he's surrounded himself with people who obviously know what they're doing and are extremely qualified and they're doing a fantastic job. Um, but it's like, there's so much, I mean, okay, here's something that was driving me fucking nuts yesterday is that I saw Matthew McConaughey is polling better than Greg Abbott in Texas. Now, I don't know a lot about Matthew McConaughey's politics. What I do know is that he, he wanted, he said, let's give Trump a chance. Well, that sounds all good on its face. Like, okay, well, he's the president and let's give him a chance. But it was after he bragged about grabbing pussy. It was after he, you know, insulted a gold star family and he, you know, the, the, um, central park five, is it the five? Yeah. Central park five. Um, yep. I was like, was it seven? <laughs> I just watched Chicago seven. So that's why that's probably, um, where you're, um, yeah. but you know, I mean, there was enough there to know that Trump was going to be horrible. So for Matthew McConaughey and he kind of both sides it, you know, he's a both sides person. And now I, I saw this on Twitter, so I can't say this is true, but evidently he invited people to his property to shoot animals, to hunt animals on his property. So Matthew okay. McConaughey did. Yeah. That's that's, that's what I heard. Somebody tweeted about that. No, sociopathic. I, that's, that's so. That's, that is. That's sociopathic. I, mm-hmm. oh, I th- I'm a person that thinks just Me in too. general. If it's if it's if you're doing it for food. For food, and and you need the that's, food. Yeah. That's different. And if yeah. you're using all of it, that's fine mm-hmm. because you know you go to the grocery store, you're buying meat anyway. You know. Right. But if you're doing it just like for sport, for or you sport. just want to like kill things. Yeah. Sorry. You're yeah, a that's like that's what that's the first time to killers. being a sociopath. <laughs> first you start with animals, then you move on to people. Yes. So okay, I mean so you don't let's, care about living things. Let's just assume that's true. I mean, okay, I still think there's a chance that he could be a better governor than Greg Abbott because Greg Abbott is a fucking useless, treasonous wreck of a human being. But I'm serious like this is the bar? Matthew fucking McConaughey? Where nobody really knows his political opinions. I mean, I because I, I was posting about this yesterday, and then of course everybody's like, "But he smokes pot," and it's like, okay, I think it's funny now that people are using pot to justify anything. Which like it used to be reefer madness idea. Like, oh my god, if you're if you smoke pot, you're a loser. Now if you smoke pot, you're going to be a better governor. But um, it's like, uh, I, I am not against pot in any way. But Roger Stone likes pot. Would Roger Stone be a better governor than Greg Abbott? Let's not use pot as how we're going to determine. <laughs> Joe know? Rogan smokes pot. Let's talk about that. <laughs> know, right? Do you want Joe Rogan as freaking governor of any state? Freaking meathead who's dumb dumb? Like, I mean, come it's on. Every, a lot of fucking people smoke pot. It's like drinking. A lot of people drink. Some people smoke pot after dinner. Some people drink wine with dinner. I mean, it's like... It's kind of the same, in my opinion, as far as because so many fucking people do it. Not everybody does it. Although Rachel Bittercoffer cracked me up yesterday because she was like, uh, "Also, everybody smokes pot," <laughs> and it just made me laugh. But um, so I guess she does. But it was just funny to me. But still, every it, like pe- the people are like, "Well, I'll vote for him over Greg Abbott." 
I don't know. I guess if I lived in Texas, if I had to choose between the two, I need to know a little more about Matthew McConaughey. But I probably would also vote for him over Greg Abbott. But why does it have to be Matthew McConaughey? Why can't it be somebody who's like legitimately qualified? And the thing is, is that movie stars do not want to run for city council. They don't want to start off like, you know, Steph Walton, who's on this show, ran for city council. She didn't start by running for, you know, federal positions in government. Mm -hmm. She started local because you can work your way up. And I don't know what she would do. She didn't win her election. But if she had won her election, would she want to keep going? Maybe. But the idea is like fucking Matthew McConaughey is in movies and now he wants to be a fucking governor. Ronald Reagan. Exactly. <laughs> I know. That's like what, like, as soon as I said it, I'm like, oh my God, Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan is like, oh, I'm going to be the governor of California. Oh, he's, the, he's that beloved cowboy. I'm going to vote and, for him. He and, seems really nice on screen. Exactly. And, and what's his name? Arnold Schwarzenegger, too. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess Arnold, Arnold did a few good things, but he killed, he killed the economy. And I know that he's like pro-climate. I don't think he's all bad. No, I don't think he's all bad. No, I, I really, I honestly don't. I mean, he's got that Republican thing going for him, but, uh, you know, he does, he hated Trump and he, 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 he understands the threat of, of climate, the cri climate crisis. He's like a classic conservative, like realist, like yeah. he's like a guy you can disagree with over dinner, but still be friends with at right. the end of the day. Yeah. There's not a lot of those left. No, there, are, no, there's definitely not. But yeah, with with Matthew though, he's just a little odd, and you know, I mean, I don't really give a shit if he's naked playing bongos and getting stoned, which was something he did. And you know, I've remember. been stoned in my life, and I've never felt the need to be naked and play bongos with my friend. But that's not something I'm going to worry about. I feel like I don't care if he did that because that's not hurting anyone. It's not worrying me. But it's the idea of him saying we have to give Trump a chance and both sizing it with the Democrats means he's completely out of touch with reality. Just because completely. he can be. He's a straight white man. <laughs> he, can, he, can, he, can, he can be out of touch with whatever he wants and still yeah. go ahead and be whatever he wants to be. He has, he, he's never had to deal with the freaking consequences his no. entire life. No, he hasn't. He's just like, here's your silver platter. Let me eat off of it with my silver spoon <laughs> and put my silver foot in my mouth. Exactly. Like, and it won't even matter. Oh, my God. That's so sad. But it's so true. And, you know, I mean, I remember I saw uh, Dazed and Confused. Of course, I thought he was fucking hilarious. And then that's I a great movie. Yeah, it's funny. And he's great in it. And then years later, a couple years later, I saw Boys on. I didn't know who Matthew McConaughey was outside of that Wooderman character who I absolutely thought was brilliant. But then I saw Boys on the Side and with Drew Barrymore and Whoopi Goldberg and he was in it, and I remember I kept looking at him because he was cute in that movie. He was not cute as Waterman, in my opinion. And so I kept looking at him thinking, he's so familiar, and he's really cute, but who, he's, really, he's really, really familiar. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's that guy from Days and Confused. <laughs> I remember it blew me away, and he did a fantastic job in To Kill a Mockingbird. He was he's really a great good actor. Yeah. He is. He's a great actor. Yeah, and he, he should really stick is. to that. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care if he has political opinions, but when yes, he's both sides right. it, he, he's not having much of a political opinion, is right. he? No. So he's just like, vote for me. I'm Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> yes, totally. Oh my God. But it's just, I wish people, though, their first reaction is, he's better than Abbott. I would hear that about Trump. Well, a lot of people, Mitt Romney is better than Trump. Do you want Mitt Romney to be the president? Because he'd still suck as a president. He, he might not be 
as he he wouldn't walk all over the Constitution like Trump would. He would fuck things up and he would fuck up the economy. But, you know, he would and he would allow Republicans to fuck things up even further. But he wouldn't be a Trump, but he would still be awful. Why can't we just have a higher bar? We need a higher bar. We yes, need to get exactly. out of this idea that reality stars or... And you know what? I don't care if an actor wants to get into politics. I mean, no. Al Franken was you know, a comedian, and he was a good politician. I know what he was accused of, but take a look at his record as a politician. He was a good politician. And, you know, and he, I mean, I think he did, st- he started, didn't he start at the Senate? Is that was... Did he do anything in government I, before that? I'm not, I'm not, I don't remember. I don't know. But okay, if he didn't, at least his approach when he first started was, I'm not going to mess around. I'm just going to be serious because I need to prove to everybody that I'm serious. And, you yeah. know, and so it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to run for the bigger position, a federal position, okay, then, you know, you do need to prove like I, Cynthia Nixon was not my first choice. Uh, she was running in New York and she was a, a Bernie supporter. And I, you know, I mean, as far as her views, I think they're a little bit more. I wouldn't have had a problem. I, God, was she, what, was she running for governor? Is that what she, she was running she for? She was running for governor. Yeah. No. I, I don't think she would have been a bad governor in no, that. I think no. she care. I legitimately think she cares. I think she's I intelligent. Too. And she was a little, I mean, I don't want to say she's too progressive because I'm really fine. I think progressiveness is great it's just that there you have to be a realist and understand that you can't just say it, it should be this way and then expect it to be it sh- a lot of things should be but they're not and in order to get them to be where that should would be that's a lot of work and you know i mean all yeah. the progressives say well it shouldn't have to be incremental too fucking bad it is i mean i'd love for everything to magically change overnight but that's not how things work it's a big huge country and it's yeah. like when you talk about medicare for all you just, it's, wh- I mean, what do they think they're going to do? They're just going to right now shut down all of the uh, insurance companies and, and then what? It, 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 it's, yeah. a, it's a process that's going to have to take some time. It's going to have to be incremental. It's like some people don't realize how embedded we are in the current system that we're in. Yeah. And it, and it sucks. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and our system sucks. And I, I would love to get to a point of Medicare for all, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is going to take some time. And, they're, and they'll always say like, oh, what about Europe? Or what about like we there's even like like socialized medicine in Iraq now. And I'm like, well, think about Europe and when that all started. Think yeah. about Iraq. It all started at war after war mm-hmm. when there was nothing and they built up from that. So right. unless you want to burn our entire and system to the ground, <laughs> yeah. which I do believe a lot of them do want to burn our entire yeah. system to the ground, but that's going to leave a lot of people out in the cold. Exactly. And it's going to leave a lot of people without the medicines they need. And it's not thinking realistically or even um, like, I can't think, like, like human. I want to say the word humanity. That's mm-hmm. the only word that comes to mind. It's right. like you can't. You can't do that to people. No. People rely on, on the, our current system the way that it mm-hmm. is, as sucky yeah. as it is. Yeah. I mean, so we have to build out of it yeah. and get to where we want to be. I have a friend who has just, God, she's got so many fucking problems, but she's got this one issue where I, I think I might have even told you about it, but like her muscles, um, they'll spasm all over. Like every muscle will go through like spasming and sometimes it's months at a time and it's painful. It's called dystonia and it's not really a well-studied, I don't know if you call it disease or disorder, but you know, they don't really have anything to help her, but, and, and she's in the hospital a lot 
and she's on Medicare. And it was, you know, I mean, I was asking her, who do you feel more comfortable with winning the Democratic primary? Bernie Sanders or, uh, you know, uh, Biden? And she said Biden. And so and, and she's on Medicare. And, she, and, and the reason why was because she said, I'm afraid that they're going to fuck it up and I'm going to lose my health care. Like, I'll lose what I've got right now. And, I mean, it wasn't that she had insurance and she was afraid of losing her insurance. She was already on Medicare and she was concerned. That, and, 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 I mean, it was, this was somebody that isn't very political. But still, she pays some attention. And, and her fear was that this whole, we have to just implement it all now, that somehow she'd get lost in the shuffle. And, and I can understand that fear. I mean, she, she's already, I mean, she doesn't have any, she can't have a regular job because she, every once in a while, you know, her muscles just go crazy on her. And it just, it's painful. And she's also got a bad hip. She's got issues with her eye. I mean, she's just got all these problems that she deals with. And she's at the doctor all the fucking time. And so, you know, I mean, it says a lot to me when somebody like that says no I don't think we should, I think we need to do it incrementally. So, I mean, and yeah, I mean, we just take a look at the way our system is set up. It's got to be. That's the it only reasonable be. solution. Well, Bernie Sanders, I, I don't hate him. <laughs> I just don't think he's an effective leader. No. So for me, he's, a town, yeah. he's, a, he's the town crier. He is, he's the doctor that can diagnose you with an illness, but then not know how to help you. Well, so yeah, and I he's just, good where he yeah. is right now. You yeah, know? he's good in the Senate. He's good being the town crier in the Senate where he can work with people to get things done. Mm -hmm. So where he can add an amendment here or there and be effective in that regard. And but convince, as far as being a leader. Yeah, and I'm yeah, just going to say convince people. people to go along with it. Yeah. He's a terrific senator. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and, but he is not, I did not want him for president mm -hmm. because I didn't trust that he would actually get anything done. And I agree with your friend that I think it would have actually made things worse because you can't put someone out office and then try to overhaul the entire system yeah. and either nothing happens, which is not good, yeah. it, we don't get anywhere, or something even worse happens where your friend gets lost in the shuffle. And, and, we, and, and it's, it, I just didn't, I don't trust him to lead. I yeah. didn't trust him to lead the country. Me I, I, I wanted Kamala. Yeah. Well, I wanted Kamala. Yeah. I wanted Kamala Harris. And then after that, I was like teetering between Warren and Biden. Yeah. And then I was like, and then I was all, I was all Biden all the way, um, through, um, even the end of the prior, even yeah. before like, yeah, even like over Buttigieg and all that, like, right. um, and I have grown a fondness for Buttigieg the more yeah. I got to know Me him. Me too. Me too. So, um, Definitely. I like him. And I, <laughs> I think... was definitely Buttigieg over Bernie, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, it's really sad because I do appreciate, although I have to say, God, what is his name? James Adomian. Adomian? I think that's his name. But he played uh, Bernie on The President Show. And I wish I wish I was I could do clips like Bob does on his show. But But James did this thing, and it was so funny. He was playing Bernie. Just He did his own little video that he put up on Twitter. And he was right where I used to live in Los Angeles on the corner of Vermont and Franklin. I was one block up on Rodney, but he was right in front of the House of Pies, which I would frequent all the time. But he was he kept saying like one percent, one percent. And he looks like him and he sounds like him. And he walks into this store and they were talking about the filibuster or whatever they were talking about. And he goes, I just filibusted in my pants. And it's like, <laughs> I want to fucking get that shirt. That is so fucking funny. But it's like I when I watch Bernie now on, you know, MSNBC or whatever, 
I am like I used to be. Yay! Yes! Because everything is like when exactly. he was pushing Jeff Bezos to was it Jeff Bezos? Yeah, with Amazon to to for for workers to unionize and getting them to raise their minimum wage up to fifteen dollars. You know he does a great job, and but I agree with you a hundred percent. It's like he I don't see that he would he doesn't work well. I mean one of the things Hillary said about him in that documentary uh, was that nobody really likes him you know, in, in Congress. And I mean, obviously everyone hates Ted Cruz <laughs> in Congress, but I mean, it, Bernie doesn't, su- according to people in Congress, he doesn't have a lot of friends where, you know, somebody like Joe Biden does. And that's really important because you have to be able to work against across the aisle. And then with Bernie too, if he would have not been able to get Medicare for all up, I think his army of loyalists because I don't want to say people who like Bernie because there's a lot of people who like Bernie who are not you know it's the bro it's the bro crowd compared Uh to the progressive crowd and the bro crowd the damaging crowd the ones that listen to Joe Rogan and fucking Ryan Knight um, those people (laughs) would blame the Democrats for not doing what Bernie wanted when it would be, I'm sure they would get, I'm sure some Democrats would push back against some of the things that he is, but it would be ultimately Republicans. And I mean, we're seeing, oh my God, I don't know if you've seen Ryan Knight went on fucking Iranian TV and was complaining about what? AOC. Yeah. Are you, ki- are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. Sorry, I just <laughs> shouted into the microphone. I heard myself echo back. I was so loud. Sorry about that. I didn't, I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, my God. yeah, so, he's doing like that. That, that. That whole sentence just kept getting crazier as you went on. It was like, boom, boom, boom. He went on Iranian TV to go after AOC, AOC. of yeah. all people. And oh, now wow. she's the big okay. traitor. She's the big corporate whore now. Because of course, he, because he, she's a woman of color. Yes, and, and she's <laughs> not doing... She's got to go there. Yeah, she's not doing exactly what they want her to do. So they have turned her into like Hillary Clinton, basically, which, oh my God. No, they, but, hate, they hate smart women. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, there are a lot of fucking, I'm, I'm going to swear, there are a ahead. lot of fucking misogynists on the left. Mm-hmm. So many. And they're so left that they're right. Exactly. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's like I, I know that, oh God, I've talked about him before, but there's this guy that I know and I can't, he's a friend of a friend. So I don't want to be too, I know that my friend does not listen to this show, but I guess if she did, she'd hear, she'd know who I was talking about. But this particular guy, he's, he's a crunchy leftist dude who's an anti-vaxxer and he's one of these people that both parties suck and he is, what he does for a living, uh, I don't know exactly the title, but he basically runs festivals and here you have all these like supposedly you know, progressive liberal types who go to these festivals in, I, let's just say, like the Washington, Oregon, Northern California area. And I remember not so long ago reading an article about, like, there's so much fucking rape going on at those festivals. And so it's like all these people who are there are identifying basically either as liberal or progressive or not political, I guess. But, but there's all this rape. And, you know, and it's like this guy who thinks he's so fucking woke and, and, you know, and he was a Bernie person. Um, he's so fucking sexist. It's unbelievable. And he, he, when I met him, he, I don't know what it was, but he told me, like, he, he was involved 
in open relationships. Oh, oh, and this is how this is. Oh my god, he he married this fucking girl, and before they fucking married, he told her she wasn't allowed to go see Wonder Woman because he didn't agree with what's her name. How do you? I don't, I don't, is it Gal Gadot? Is that how you say Gal Gadot. it? He oh, did yes. not agree with her views. So on Palestine and all that. So therefore, his girlfriend was not allowed to go see Wonder Woman. And if she did, it was a deal breaker. And he was going to break up with her. I'd be like, buy me some tickets to Wonder Woman. <laughs> Is that all it takes to get out of this relationship? <laughs> But it's like so. So this is the Bernie supporter, and again, no, I don't. I, he's a bro. He's not a fucking supporter. He's a bro. He's. A, I know better than everybody. He's a sexist, and so he was oh, talking to me the about arrogance. Of those such men. arrogance uh, is fucking uh, unbelievable, uh, and they the think they're so fucking woke, and you know, and it's like, and they, God, they're so high on their horse when they. I mean, I just every once in a while and, I go to his Facebook page and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> And they're also par- like they're parrots of each other. Yes. They're like, I'm so woke because I can repeat what this other person said. <laughs> I'm so smart. I'm not. I'm an original. I'm, I Look at all my original thoughts that this other person said 10 minutes ago. <laughs> all right, dude. And it's so true. And, he, you know, he told me because he was in, involved with another woman who before the one he married and I guess, you know, he was having this open relationship and I was asking him questions and you know, I'm not the kind of person who could be in that. I mean, I'm not going to judge you if both of you like that and it works for you. It's not my business. If it, I I don't care, but it's always like, wow. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of the times somebody winds up getting hurt because it's usually one person. And so many times the men just, just with him, he was fine with going off and fucking every woman he wanted to fuck, but when his girlfriend wanted to go fuck some guy, he was starting to have some problems. <laughs> go figure. But, you know, I mean, there's there, oftentimes people who are in these open relationships, it's not always as uh, wonderful as the one person might point out you know, or, or explain it. There's the, the, uh, there's the other person that maybe doesn't like it as much. Now, of course, I think there could be two people that are perfectly fine and happy going and having sex with whoever they want not worrying about what their partner is doing and think it's great and wonderful and for those people uh, that's fine i have no judgment over you but More it was power like to you. yeah don't be a hypocrite yeah yeah don't be a hypocrite about it all these men like a lot of these men they're so wildly insecure yes. like they have this like like this like bravado and this arrogance about them and then they they, they love to pretend like they like they're know-it-alls and they know everything and they tell you like it is and and then like but on like when you strip it all down, they are so insecure yeah. and they're so like, Oh, Oh. And so they, so the way they overcompensate. And yeah. it's, I'm just like, I hate, I, I cannot stand men like that. No, they're the like, worst. They're absolutely they, the worst, especially yeah. cause they think they're so fucking again, woke. And like when I was asking him questions because I was genuinely curious, it wasn't coming from a judgmental point of view. It was like, how, how can you do that? Like, and the funny thing was, is I found out later after he scolded because he scolded me um, that he didn't like when the girl that he was seeing was going out with other men. So, but when, when I was asking him questions, he was taking this tone with me like, well, I'm just, you know, how did he say it? It was something like my mind is more open than yours and you have a closed mind and you have a limited view of how things are. And he was getting very, very That's defensive. so misogynistic. Yeah. That's like, that's what misogynists say. <laughs> that you're like, you're basically limited because you're a woman. You don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand what I'm thinking. I am so open. Look at me. I'm enlightened. No, you're, 
you're just a misogynistic. <laughs> you're just tool. a fucking dick. Oh my god, he's yeah. such a dick. I cannot get over him. And it, you know, and it's sad, and it really is sad that we have. I mean. T- yeah, it's so much more blatant on the right. But as you said, there's like this horseshoe theory that some men are so far to the left. And I mean women too, but I mean some men are so far to the left that they're right. That they're like not even that different. And it's just, I guess, you know, we just, Bob and I watched the Chicago 7, which I highly recommend. It was a really good movie. Oh, I, I saw it. It yeah. was very good. Yeah, I, I will say though that I thought that Sasha Baron Cohen could have spent a little bit more time on the accent because it wasn't perfect. But I thought he was a good Abby Hoffman. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I look at these people and I just feel like even though I understand their desire to push, because there are so many fucking problems. We've spent the first part of the show talking about the racism that's so blatant in this country and something needs to be done. And it's like this conversation about the fucking defund the police. I, I, I mean, the way that I feel about it is not from a white person's perspective. It's from a strategic perspective. Like, I feel like, okay, maybe it's not the best argument, but but a black person pointed out, well, we had reformed the police years ago and that didn't work out. And that's true. And I think no matter what fucking title we put on it, somebody's going to argue with the title. There's going to be blowback because the police in this country are treated like gods. And the only way we're going to see any real reform is that we're going to have to elect Democrats. They're the only ones who are going to do anything about it because the Republicans will not. Yeah, And so whatever title or or label we put on it, somebody's going to not like it. And then the people like with the people who are with Black Lives Matter who are taking this title and saying, yes, we're saying defund the police because it means A, B, and C. I'm all for what it means. I'm absolutely for every single thing listed on, you know, reallocating funds, bringing in mental health professionals. Police should not be involved in every fucking thing that they're called for. They are not psychologists. And so, I mean, I'm all for what defund the police means. But the problem is, is there are these scared fucking white people who don't get it. And when you say they don't get it. defund the police, what they hear is take all them. They hear abolish the police. They hear abolish the police and then it cues up the line, defend the police. Right. It, it just like, cues it up for them and... I mean, even in my liberal town, there was a big billboard with a like Trump face on it that said "Defend the Police." Yeah, you know, and 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 so I I am with them with what they want. Yeah, I, and I, and I, unfortunately I am though, on it really board doesn't with the messaging. I'm not on board with the messaging, but at the same time, honestly, I don't think I don't think there's really anything because again, it was Jason Overstreet on Twitter. He said, "Okay, well, we tried reform the police. That didn't work." And he was right. Yeah. It didn't work. And the reason it didn't yeah. work is because Republicans are deciding this. And Republicans have had too much time in office. And, I mean, it's not just Republicans. It's also the way that police, uh, that the police are run. And we have to change that. But it's like we're not going to change anything right now no matter what we call it no matter what label we put on it it's never going to plead there's always going to be white people afraid of uh you know that they want to defend the i mean i look at joe walsh who i you know i can get behind when it comes to trumpism but but it's like he you know and he's always saying he's always defending police which is fine because you know what i called the fucking police the other night there was some issue with one of our neighbors and it was this white guy who I think was drunk or on something. And he was scary because he, he was arguing with her and he was pissed off that she wanted him to leave. And then he like was walking around 
trying to open doors of cars. I was looking out my window and he was randomly walking around and, you know, I didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And here's this white fucking guy, this young white guy. Maybe he's got a gun. How many times do you turn on the news and hear about the white fucking guy with a gun? So I don't know what's going on. And I called the police and I was very happy to see when they showed up. But, you know, so it's I don't hate police. It's just that it's very no. clear white supremacists and it's it's the combination of white supremacists and, you know, infiltrating the police. And then it's just this whole idea of the, the some of the laws where police are they don't have to show body cam footage or, you know, they they just stay quiet for each other. That's got to change. We've got to figure that out. And I really don't care what label you put on it, because whatever label you put on it, the people like Joe Walsh are going to be like, I'm pro-police. It's like, well, so am I. I am too. It's it's hard. And like we, and then like both you and I too, we come from the white person's perspective of calling the police. We don't, you know, we're we're not afraid of the police. Yes, exactly. I'm not afraid of the police. And so we don't, I don't have that lived experience Mm -hmm. to come from their perspective. And I'm not, and I personally, I'm not going to try, but I, I, I agree we need reform. And I, and I do agree that it needs to come from a higher up level. And it's, it's such a complicated, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I do support the police, but it is upsetting when you see, I support it's And I feel like when I say I support the police that I'm like betraying other people. Yeah. So it's like, it's like this really, like I want police reform. Like I was that 60 minutes thing with the oath, oath keepers. I miss so that. disturbing. Well, I saw bits and pieces of it where the guys basically like, we have law enforcement within our ranks that are training us. And like, well, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. See, those guys, they shouldn't be in law enforcement right. and being part of this. What I think, Oath Keepers is a terrorist organization. So we shouldn't, there needs to be a very like multifaceted yeah. conversation surrounding all of this. Yeah. And everybody needs to be invited to the table and we need to yeah. have a com- like a big old conversation and it can't, and it, and it is going to take getting more Democrats elected. Yeah, it absolutely will. I mean, it was like my mom was had this incident years ago when we lived in Glendale and uh, an Armenian woman hit like she hit her car and then ran. And I guess somebody saw it. And so the police came and they got the woman and they were belittling her. And they were like, try- I think they made her get underneath my mom's car. And my mom was like really upset about that. I mean, she was pissed that the woman did the hit and run and she wanted her to be cited for that. But what they were doing was they were humiliating her. And, you know, my mom spoke up and said, wait a minute, you know, why are you? And and they, they were like, shut up woman or shut up lady or whatever. They shut my mom up. And so it's like, they never cited the woman for what she did. They just humiliated her. That's not the fucking job of a police officer. No, and like when they would that um, just the other week when they pulled over that military, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if he was an officer, but the, he was he was in military uniform and they oh, pulled right. him over. Yeah, and he drove to a gas station so it would be well lit because right. he was fe- in fear mm-hmm. of his life as as he well should be yeah. because of current situations. Yeah, and and then he ends up getting pepper sprayed and like and so right. we're, we're talking about like okay we. The whole thing with Colin Kaepernick was that he was he was disrespecting people right. in uniform when yeah. he kneels, even though he got the advice from a veteran to kneel. Right. Um, but th- that's disrespectful. But a spray pa- spray, like pepper oh, no. spraying a, a person in military uniform in the face—that's respectful. Like exactly. 
Like you can't, you can't be on both sides of that argument because at that point you just hate the black person involved yep. in both those situations. And that's really what it comes down to. And you're just to. a racist. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. It's just so sad. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And we have so much to overcome. Trump did. So, I mean, this again, this was happening before Trump, but wow. I mean, the experience that we had as a country under that administration, I don't even like, I mean, it was like under that mafia fucking mob. I mean, they were just, it was not like an, a normal administration. It, it's really changed things. And it, it hasn't necessarily changed the white supremacy, except for that they've become more emboldened. I mean, they were, they've been there. And, and unfortunately, the internet makes it much easier for them to organize. Because back in the day, it was all through like pamphlets and phone calls. Now, you know, you can have people all across the United States, just like with QAnon, getting instant information and organizing and all of that. It's like the Internet kind of works. You know, it definitely works against us. Have you been watching that Q documentary? Oh, I watched all of it. I haven't watched all of it. That's some wild stuff. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was that was like it's so fascinating not at all surprising when it comes down to it but just so fascinating and you're just like oh my god like these people like they're believing in this this cult that's completely made up like they're just like they're trolling these people yes they are and 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 it's just it's and it's scary and you then you have things that happen at the Capitol. and now i just saw there was an alert on my phone that said parlors starting back up so oh my god (laughs) well that lasts a long you know (laughs) Oh my. Day, like oh, it was like just over a hundred days ago was the attack yeah. on the Capitol. Like, come on now. I know. Like, oh my God, I tell you. Well, you know, hey, all we can do is just you know keep the eye on the ball. I hope that collectively, we kind of did what we did in 2020, where we got. I mean, it was obviously there was a get out the vote and and grassroots and you know all respect to. All those people, Stacey Abrams, everybody who was involved in getting Democrats to vote. I hope that we can do this, and I hope that we haven't forgotten, because there is that tendency to ignore midterms. We did not ignore mid- midterms in 2018, and I think we didn't do it. Be- it was because of Trump. He motivated people to get out and vote. I'm hoping that the craziness of the current Republican Party is continu- like continues to be the motivator. Because I agree. I, I mean, as bad as I hate that for them to be crazy, the crazy right. motivates people to vote. I, I hope that I hope that that works because people need to people need to feel threatened sometimes in order to get them to go do something when they're comfortable. Well, that's it's the Republican you, motto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like that when they're comfortable, <laughs> they don't yeah. bother, you know, so it's yeah. like, no, it's true. We have to use fear, but we also we have to brag, but we also have to use the fear of if, if you let Republicans win. This is what's going to happen. That's exactly right. And Republicans win because they do. They do use that. That's a one thing Republicans are really good at. They're really yeah. good at like, you know, going in lockstep with their messaging and and being and scaring the crap out of fragile white people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my. Well, I know you've got to go do your vote vets thing. It's so cool that you work for them now. And congratulations again because they're so thank you super cool. But um, before they before we is there anything you would like to add before we part? No, I mean we covered everything yeah, I, I wanted we, I to think... talk about. <laughs> I wanted Alrighty. to get a little bit more into um, into the gun debate, but well, we'll get there. It, it's not yeah, going to go okay. away. 
It's not, unfortunately, it's not, it's not going away. But so yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. But well, well guys, we're definitely, well, we're definitely pushing the messaging over there that like guns of like weapons of war don't belong on our streets. Yeah. And well, everyone it, should it, follow. It's really as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone should follow Vote Vets. You guys have great tweets and I know that you're not, are you in, I don't know who's in charge of all of them, but they're all good. And, uh, I <laughs> love Vote Vets. Me. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> all those good tweets. I do, I do work with, I, I have a whole team that yeah. we work with, but generally i'm the one that puts i put them out so and you're very good at it so they chose (laughs) they chose well so before you go obviously follow vote vets on twitter but tell everybody where they can find you you can find me at sarah wood writer s-a-r-a-h wood writer at um on twitter and instagram and facebook and all those things and um (laughs) even on linkedin if you're so if you're so inclined and (laughs) (laughs) Um, you're not going to see anything but um, um, and then sarahwoodwriter.com if you want to learn a little bit more about me but that's that's where you can find me well you know I always put your um, your links in the Patreon description you can follow me at author Kimberly K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y don't forget that extra E and then you know all my books are on Amazon so it was always good talking to you Sarah and thank you for what you do of course thanks for having me well you take care 